This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Tonight, I am joined by Vincent Gasparro, who's just uh, tossing out his gum right now. Of course, <laughs> former advisor to Paul Martin. And Jenny Byrne, former campaign manager and deputy chief of staff to Stephen Harper, currently over at Bayfield Strategy. Hey, guys. How are Hello? you? I am very well, thank you. Did you guys catch any of that march on uh, Saturday, the gun march? S- saw it on the news. Yeah, yep. yeah. on the news. I mean, look, I, I thought it was pretty impressive, regardless of my views on on, um, on the issue, but I thought it was pretty impressive to see all those uh, people out there. Um, I, I cocked an eyebrow. Shall I say, when I saw Justin Trudeau tweet out, quote, to those who marched here in Canada for an end to gun violence, we hear you. And this week we introduced a plan for common sense gun control that will keep our communities safe. Okay, Vince, int, equating our country to anything like the U.S. is not just inaccurate. It is, I think, it was fake news. I mean, to suggest, A, that you made any gun laws that stop inner city crime like shootings is nonsense but secondly why would he even equate Canada we do not have the same issues uh I, I think it was a timing thing oh uh you, you had those marches but uh, in the U.S. but you also had marches going on here in Toronto and other major urban centers here in in right. Canada as well and around the world showing mm-hmm. solidarity uh for uh frankly the, the tragedy that, that took place in the United States uh, and for an end to gun violence generally, I agree with you. The what? The, uh, I, I, <laughs> what? I, I I agree with you that save the tape. Uh, that <laughs> that the number of uh, gun uh, deaths by gun uh, are in the U.S. are is astronomical, and it's very difficult to equate what's happening in the United States to Canada. Uh, but, and I, don't I, say a but. There's no No, but. no, it's okay. not. A, it's not. A, I just think the prime minister was taking the opportunity to say, look, you know, uh, we have some gun violence here in Canada and we, we brought, we're bringing forth some legislation to try to deal with it. Um, and he just took that opportunity. No, 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 he he took a political, he took a tragedy uh, of the shooting in, in Parkland uh, to throw out ill-thought-of legislation so he could get himself into the story. Uh, this is just the Liberals trying to, to backdoor another another gun registry. And I think the only thing that, that um, you know, uh, people should, should look at is this government has passed record-level uh, low legislation. So, so, so the chance they will actually get this passed through third reading in the Senate uh, is very low, but it actually shows you what their priorities are. I grew up in a, in a place where they still had built uh, stop Bill C-68 signs up on lawns until we scrapped the long gun registry. I, my, my dad's a hunter. I grew yeah. up with, you know, deer heads hanging in my, um, uh, hanging in my house. And uh, there's a, there's a reason that liberal rural MPs are so upset right. about this bill. Well, yeah, look, if you're going to make changes, I mean, I want to see changes. Um, and, and, and the legislation we saw last week, Vincent, does not do anything to address what the chiefs of police and a number of, of, of um, officials True. met in Ottawa about. It does nothing to address any kind of street crime that we see in Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto. For sure. Well, uh, look, um, I remember from one, my time in, in the PMO scene, uh, scene uh, uh, or, or hearing briefings, 
uh, that where the most of the guns come from. And it won't be a surprise to any of your listeners that most of the guns come from the United States, the mm-hmm. illegal guns, that is. Um, and it's very difficult to control. It's it's a porous border. Mm-hmm. Um, and it causes, you know, uh, law enforcement officials a great deal of consternation trying to trying to deal with, with, with gun violence. So it, it's a problem. In terms of the legislation itself, from what I've read, um, I think they're just trying to modernize uh, the the sort of the tracking of the flow of um, legal gun selling and trading. I think that's really what what it's a, a about, and I don't think inherently it's a problem. Um, but I'm coming from this as a you know Torontonian, uh, you know, born and raised in, in in an urban setting. I can see why uh, Jenny would. Uh, you know, w- would have uh, well, sort to, of a, a to view, combat that, uh, such, you would actually have to give more that. intelligence um, opportunities and funding. I think to the police forces that that would be the way to address gun gun crime within those communities because yeah. these guys don't register their guns. It, exactly. Uh, and sorry, you're talking about illegal. Gang, yeah, yeah. The, oh, sure. Not even illegal. Sure. Whether they buy them legally and then rent them out to each other, which is what they do. Yes. Um, you know, if you're gonna uh, if you're going to go after that, you actually have to bulk up certain intelligence and or, um, you know, areas of the policing to do that. Well, listen, there are thousands of kilometers uh, where, you know, uh, between, uh, along the border between Canada and the United States, where um, anyone can sort of walk across. Now we have sensors and we have like fencing and stuff, but that's where a lot of our drugs, frankly, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and guns are coming from. And it's, 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 I hate to say it, it's almost impossible to 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 govern uh, to uh, not to govern excuse me to uh, create legislation uh, well no yeah. like to, to stop so, the illegal so, flow of, of guns and, and that's the thing the liberals are now again going after uh, just yeah. like they did in the nineties they're going after law abiding. Uh, uh, gun owners, uh, gun owners who have been a constituency in the last few years that have been pretty silent. And if you actually look at at online presence and and people getting active, uh, you're seeing that that gun owners are now worried that this backdoor registry yeah. is going to affect them. And I think you are seeing that in the in the numbers in in uh, in terms of uh, Justin Trudeau popularity his popularity dipping to record lows since he was elected. Okay, so let's talk about that because now we're we're seeing the biggest of the polling firms that have come out. Um, this has been kind of a steady decline over the last uh, four or five months, but yep. now Ipsos, so last week it was Angus, now yep. it is Ipsos, um, has the party just hemorrhaging support. 60% want, 60% want a new party to take over. This after like three months ago, people were saying these guys would be in power for the next 15 years. God help me. Um, but but look, we have a crazy pink budget, um, a crazy India adventure gone awry. Uh, Andrew Sheard is now polling at 38. He's 7% ahead in the polls. Um, but but he is losing not just men, women. W- women. Th- this, is a, this is especially if we want to talk about Ontario, but elections are won and lost in a lot of cases with suburban uh, with suburban women, uh, mothers. Mm. And uh, it, what was interesting about the Ipsos poll is that the only vote voting demographic that uh, Trudeau's leading in is millennials. And so it's interesting that both federally and provincially, the liberals uh, in Ontario are losing the suburban uh, the suburban vote, uh, the, 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 the chunk of ridings that, that form government. And I would be very, very worried if I were both of them. Okay, so he, here's the thing. I get that Justin Trudeau wants to appeal to women, but at some point where, when you're out 
out on a date with a guy and he keeps telling you, oh, you're so pretty. You're so great. You're so wonderful. I love your cooking. You're just awesome. You start to go, you're creepy. And then you can't, as a woman, even get it out yes. of your head. So I think at this point, the creep factor has kind of got, like, it's creepy now. Clearly, you've gone on a lot of bad dates. Uh, no, well, I'm just saying, well, you know when you've been on a bad date. But now every time I hear the the, the virtue signaling, you know, it's to me, it's but, just creepy. So, but now. it's not affecting, it's not affecting real women. So there's no, a lot right. of lip service going, but how is it affecting families? Taxes are being raised. Um, you know, crime is up. Uh, they're they're focused on issues that that don't matter. They're they're focused on the gender equality in both the budget and if you look at their initial response on NAFTA, uh, women would like to see NAFTA the same way as men yeah. um, uh, pass, so they can get better jobs and higher paid jobs and they can pay less taxes. And they know that adding a gender equality um, clause uh, in the largest free trade. Uh, negotiation for this country in this country's history uh, is is smoke and mirrors. Yeah. So you've got the experience behind in 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 the liberal circles. What do they do to stem the bleeding and turn this thing around? So like, how does uh, he get uh, less creepy? So uh, on, on the first part, um, in terms of commenting on polls, I've said it before. Yeah. When the polls had had uh, Justin Trudeau and the Liberals way ahead, I'd always make the same. I'd say the same thing. I'm going to say it now. Uh, you know, polls this far out from an election don't matter. Mm-hmm. Having said that. Uh, we all know, I, I can tell you there are people in the PMO who are concerned mm-hmm. that there's now successive polls over a period of time that have shown a trend and a trend is building downward. And I think to, to try to argue that is would just be, you know, is, is a mistake. I think... Um, you know, again, from my wing of the Liberal Party that I come from. Which is you, not the same. I mean, it's not even the same party. The so, Liberals of them are not the Liberals of today. You know, the, uh, you know, the, the, the whole the Kretchen Martin yep. uh, wing where we focused on and where we did very well. And, you know, I've heard Jenny on, on the radio uh, comment on this as well, that, you know, we, we would focus on the economy. And that was that allowed us to win successive majority governments over over, you know, basically 13, well, you know, thirteen years and throwing throwing a, a minority in there. Um, but but you had two so, guys. You had a Christian and Martin who could shoulder that kind of stuff. This guy can't. I mean, everything's a photo op, and now we're at the point where the photo ops just so, are not. So so getting them. back get, getting yeah. back to your point, I, I I think they need to tone down some of the um you know some some of the the political stuff that's important mm-hmm. in, in today's day and age. I think they need to tone that down and actually be able to point to some deliverables to say we delivered on you know. On on some major priorities, and I think that will be absolutely critical. Because uh, at this point, I think if you, I, I, you know, I'd be curious to see what some of the polling does say yeah. on what can Canadians point to that this government ha- has done. Yeah, like and I think that I, I think ultimately, I think where the Conservatives have uh, uh, a shot is to say, you know, look at Justin Trudeau. He came in with a, a majority government. What has he done? Right? Are you better off today than you were four years ago? And I don't know if I don't know what that answer is. Right? And it becomes it becomes a very difficult narrative yeah. to fight against. I, yeah, I got to agree with you. So I don't know if you guys caught it. Stormy Daniels, uh, twenty two and a half million people watched Stormy Daniels with Anderson Cooper, and uh, it. I don't know. There wasn't much to it for me, but um, people watched it. My question is in here. Let's listen to a clip of what she says. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, what's it? give me the number two clip. I was in a parking lot going to a fitness class with my infant daughter. I was taking, you know, the seats facing backwards in the back seat, diaper bag, you know, getting all the stuff out. And a guy walked up on me and said to me, 
leave Trump alone, forget the story. And then he leaned around and looked at my daughter and said, it's a beautiful little girl, it'd be a shame if something happened to her mom. And then he was gone. Okay, that, that was one of the more interesting parts of the interview. And of course, she's talking about when, you know, she was essentially being told to shut up and not violate an agreement that she had made. Um, do we care? Maybe, maybe I'm just seeing it from the wrong angle, but do we care about what someone did in their bedroom before they were president? Should well, we? I don't. So in terms of, in terms of this particular, uh, I guess, salacious story, mm. um, th- there's nothing illegal here. This isn't like a no. Me Too thing. Um, I think it does speak to judgment and, you know. The, the, of what, a kajillion men out there? Yeah, no, I understand. I think what it speaks to is judgment, but it's a personal issue between him, between Donald Trump and his wife. For for it to lead uh-huh. on six on 60 Minutes, um, his voters, his base, give two flying you-know-what about about uh, this this story. And in three weeks, no one's going to be talking, or two weeks. Well, no, no but they are going to be. This. That's why I don't understand why the networks are giving this much time to something that the Kennedys did on a weekly basis. Well, in fact, one of the Kennedys drove off the road and killed a woman that he was driving home. So... I- I, I agree. Um, listen, I think it's awful if the story is true that he cheated on his wife. And I think sure. that he will. Ha- I'm assuming he and his wife have had conversations about this. If I were her and it's true, I'd be very upset. I think it's terrible if she and her baby daughter were were, were threatened. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I agree. Uh, this is not a story that uh, the average person um, is going to to vote on to your point the Kennedys. I, I remember reading a story how you know Jackie Kennedy came home from a, a trip and found another lady's underwear in sure. her bed at the White House. So and, and Marilyn Monroe. I mean, everyone fantasized about her singing birthday songs. Like, okay, it, so it, it was revered there. It, it, exactly. And so I think that um, uh, although it it, uh, uh, it it is an issue between him and his wife, uh, I I don't think that one sexual encounter constitutes the level of affair uh it was a it was a one-time thing she said she was not a right. victim um he needs to go in and make amends with his wife well sure but but again um, if, if it's true like i the, but the, who cares no. like he's the difference is because yeah. people are like well it's like bill clinton no it's not bill clinton was in the oral office he was in the <laughs> oval office getting whatever and there were a number of women who came forward and said that he groped harassed and sexually assaulted them so there's no comparison he was a sitting president in the Oval Office, it was a young intern. It was a totally different situation. I, I'm going to say this again. I'm and right. I, thank I, you. I'm going to say <laughs> I'm going to say this again, and I've said it. I've said it to, to liberals, uh, to Democrats abroad. I, I've I've said it to to Democrats uh, and liberals in the United States uh, countless times. Stop focusing on Russia. Stop mm-hmm. focusing on the 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 noise. Yeah. If the, they want to win, they need, need to recruit. Good candidates to yeah. run in uh, in congressional districts in the Senate. Try to recruit people to who are in the system to run for the for the leadership of the Democratic Party. Identify, vote, invest in the infrastructure required from an organizational basis to to defeat Donald Trump during the next election. That's yeah. where the focus needs to be for them to be uh, basically believing their own press releases. 
is a mistake. Yeah. And, and if they continue down this road, Donald Trump could win a no, second will. term. And and he, that is something that, that Democrats should be fighting. He, he will. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to say I actually believe uh, or, or uh, agree with Vince on this. Uh, I, I think one of the problems that they uh, they have uh, are twofold. One, they need to ask uh, Hillary Clinton to uh, retire and go away <laughs> and go, uh, go to pasture uh, and uh, and stop doing her her speaking to her. Uh, part of their problem also is the economy is usually the number one voting issue by usually always for uh, for for Americans, for just as it is for Canadians, and the American economy is doing pretty good right now. Yeah, and and it's hard to believe after this many years, two years really. Yeah, they have. I don't know what they stand for other than Trump strippers, Trump Russia, Trump. Like, I, 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 why can't they come forward with a united front and put someone half decent up? Well, I, I, I literally I, listen, I don't I, know. I will say, I will say this: that if you sort of rewind the tape and look at George W. Bush mm-hmm. in that era. Uh, you know, when he, when he was in his second term, a lot of people were looking at Democrats to say who would possibly lead them to defeat, uh, you know, whoever the next, uh, you know, whoever the next Republican president or right. nominee would be. Um, someone will emerge. But again, Democrats and liberals need to be focusing on the organization rebuilding their party. Yeah. They have to stop believing all these press releases, Russia isn't going to defeat Donald Trump. This, this, you know, ex porn star or whatever, isn't going to defeat Donald Trump. Um, and the only way they can do that is by doing the things that I laid out, improve, increasing their fundraising base, uh, modernizing their GOTV, the get out the vote, um, finding good candidates to run in Congress. All the things that modern political parties have to do is what they should be focusing on. Quick question. Facebook lost a hundred billion in 10 days. Now under investigation by the Federal Trade Commission, which will take up to a year a year to do. Is it done? No, it's not done. In fact, just before uh, just before I came to the studio, I was checking. I did a check of my Facebook, and and the first thing that popped up was Jenny. Uh, please take the moment uh, to um, complete a short <laughs> survey from Facebook. So, uh, like, I I I screenshotted it because I you couldn't even believe it. I think it's not over because I think. Uh, I think uh, people are getting more and more sick of this technology uh, in terms of of listening and collecting data and what have you. I've been in in rooms where I've had conversations about uh, different different things that I've never so much as Googled, looked up, what have you, and I start getting Facebook ads right. on the exact same uh, same topic. So I don't think this is over in any stretch. No, of the and I don't have a lot of time left. But does it change then the way political parties will use it? Uh, because I think people are getting turned off by it. Um, I actually, I actually think you're going to see more of, more of this, uh, happen with political parties because yeah. it's a great way to get access to data. They're going to have to just be a little more creative. I do want to point out that obviously data breaches like this aren't the first one, you know, Equifax, 143 sure. million people were, were, uh, were impacted. Yahoo, 3 billion people were impacted. Um, this is the sort of the modern way, uh, you know, modern world we live in. And, uh, you know, Facebook's going to have to answer to this, right? And their their stock price is taking a huge hit and it's going to continue to get hammered because this is what... Facebook is, uh, but the difference between the examples that you gave is those were those were hacked, those were breaches correct. of the system. Correct. This was yeah. Facebook actively collecting the information and selling it. Yeah. All right. Well, yes. I got to leave it there because yeah. the story's not going away anytime soon. All right, Jenny Byrne and Vincent Gasparo joining me tonight for this Counterpoint. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. 
Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.